you please join me as we pray? Father, as we turn to your word, we ask you to open our hearts, help us to hear and to receive, and by the power of your spirit, transform us that we might be more like Jesus. We ask all of this in his holy name. Amen. And I invite you to be seated. We are continuing a series that we began two weeks ago on the three streams of Anglicanism. We have talked so far about Scripture and about sacrament, uh, both topics that we will revisit because there's a lot more to say, but I wanted to at least lay a solid foundation as we look towards affiliating with the Anglican mission in America, because the three streams of Anglican are really foundational for that Anglican group. The third that we will look at today is spirit. So I grew up in the 80s, an era that many might want to forget. However, there were some interesting things that came out of the 80s. Did you know that Michael Jackson introduced the moonwalk in the 80s? I don't know if you remember the moonwalk, but if you were my age when it came out, everybody wanted to do it and most of us failed. Arcades came into prominence in the 80s. I remember riding my bike, you know, your pocket full of quarters, and walking into the arcade where everything is buzzing and the lights are going off, and arcades don't even hardly exist anymore because everything's at home. Telephones had cords. I don't know if you remember corded telephones or not. The final episode of MASH aired and a hundred million people watched it. And they didn't record it and watch it, they actually watched it live. The Just Say No campaign came out. Smurfs, remember Smurfs? Smurfs hit their heyday in the 80s. There were Smurf lunchboxes and pillowcases, and I mean, they, everyone went nuts for Smurfs. Listening to music on a Walkman. Remember what a Walkman is? I had one. Not anymore. Now I have AirPods and a phone. I don't need a Walkman. Probably the most important thing that happened in the 80s, and if you disagree with me, you might need to repent. We learned that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Very, very important. A lot happened in the 80s. I'm kind of glad that my family wasn't around in the 80s because in 1985 something happened that would have just wrecked my family. Coke introduced new Coke and took their regular Coke off the market. My family is, we kind of live off of Coke, and I, those few months when they did that, we would have just, I don't know what would have happened. The 1980s. Now, I want you to imagine, see, when I was in the 1980s, that is all I had. Whether I liked it or didn't like it, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything about it. All I had was that age. That's where I was. But what if you had a time machine? What if you weren't stuck in a particular age, but you could move to something else? Today, we're going to read a passage in the book of Galatians that is really talking about two ages the age of law and flesh, 
and the age of spirit and grace and how those can impact our lives. Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. You'll find that in the Bibles right in front of you. Galatians chapter 5 will be on page 1662 for you to follow along. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to talk about the spirits and about being able to live by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, it's page 1662. We're starting in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. If you're an English major, that's the topic sentence. We're going to come back to that, but now he's going to give some explanation. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. In Greek, that word indulge is the idea of having a beachhead from which you launch operations. Don't let the flesh be your base of operations by which you live out of. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this command. And this is what Jesus said in the Gospels. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, just a touch of background that I'm, I'm literally just going to touch on. Throughout the book of Galatians, Paul is talking a lot about the law. What seems to be happening is that there's a group who have come in and they're trying to convince the Galatian church that they need the law and they need circumcision. And Paul is arguing against it. And so you're going to see some references to law and to circumcision and things like that. That's some of the background. When we need it, I'll bring it back up, but let's keep going. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Now this is where he started. You were called to be free. Do you know, church, that you are free? Do you know that you have choices that before you came to Christ, before you professed faith in Him, you did not have? That it's as if when you trusted in Christ, an entirely new options were open for you, like a new room was suddenly open that you could walk into that you could not go into before, that there was a freedom put in your life that only comes because you're in Christ. One of the very first things we did when we moved to the Quad Cities is we bought sleds. Now, we went a little overboard because I bought them, my wife bought them, we didn't really talk about it, and I think we bought like 26 sleds for our kids. But there was a reason why. You see, we spent 15 years with kids in Texas, and every couple of years, you get snow, and if you're listening to this, I'm doing air quotes, because it's really ice. And when you get ice, you don't need sleds. You just need a cardboard box. It slides just fine. And so every couple of years when we would get snow, we'd get our kids a cardboard box, 
And then we'd go down until it kind of soaked through and then it fell apart and you get another box. And so our kids rode the ice hills in cardboard boxes. But when we got here, we went, we have an option that we did not have in Texas. We have actual snow that's going to come. And I understand that it was June when we bought these sleds, but we were getting ready because what we knew is not only were we going to get snow, but according to what I was told and what I've experienced, it sticks around. It doesn't just come and go. It comes and just stays there for a really long time. But we had this option that we did not have the freedom to even make before. This is where Paul starts. You need to understand this. He's going to talk about the option in a minute. You have a freedom in Christ that you did not have before you came to Christ. And he wants you to use that freedom rightly, wisely, well. Don't indulge the flesh. Instead, do this other thing, which is love one another. How do you do that? Keep going with me. Verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to use our freedom for the Lord. How we're going to use our freedom for each other. How we're going to use our freedom not to set up a base of operations for the flesh, which I will explain in just a moment, but instead, live for Christ. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. And really, it's more like so that you can't really do whatever you want. Right, this is the image that Paul is painting for us. There is the flesh and the spirit, and they are at war in us. And our wills, our desires, are in conflict because of these forces within us. All right, so... The flesh in this case should be thought of in a couple of ways. Number one, and this is why I started with the 80s, it represents a particular age of existence. It is the age before Christ. It is the age of law. It is the age when the Spirit of God was not indwelling the people of God in order to lead them. It's a different age. It also references, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but do any of you struggle with sin? Do any of you struggle with doing things you don't want to do? Do you ever struggle with greed or pride or lust or anger or hate or unforgiveness? Or, I mean, just lay it all out there. Do you ever struggle with those things? It's because a part of us what Paul references as the flesh. It is real and it is there and it is fallen. Those are real desires that you and I struggle with. And yet now, because of Christ, we have the Spirit. 
And so here we are, almost this image of being stuck in the middle of these two forces. One, and he's going to describe what they do in a moment. One leading us one direction, and one leading us the other direction. How do we use our freedom to make that so that we live a certain way? So what I remember is about two years ago, my three-year-old son started walking. And it was absolutely adorable, especially because he was the fourth child. And I say that because we called him, my wife and I, drunk baby. Because that's what his walking looked like. He more stumbled than he did walked. And with our first child, that would have been like, oh, catch her, she's going to fall. With our fourth child, we're like, oh, that's hilarious. Because we knew he wasn't going to hurt himself. And he used to make circuits around the kitchen. That was like his workout zone. And he would just circle the kitchen, doing his little stumbling thing. And he was doing great. Except, when my son used to be really upset, there was one thing that made him feel better. His blankie that we called cranky. Because it helped with his crankiness. Some of you at times might need your own cranky. It really seemed to help. But he wanted to carry his cranky everywhere. But his cranky was twice the size of him. So you can imagine little drunk baby with his giant cranky trying to stumble around and how often that cranky would get caught under a foot or snagged on something. And I thought, if I could just take the cranky away from him, he would walk so much better. And so one time I grabbed the cranky and I took it away from him. And then very quickly I gave it back to him. He was having nothing to do with losing that cranky. But if he would just use his freedom, his ability now to walk, he didn't need the cranky anymore. He had the option, but he chose to keep grabbing onto it. He chose to remain latched onto that blanket. Paul started with the idea that you're free because you have a choice, brothers and sisters. Will you follow the leading of the Spirit in your life or will you follow the leading of the flesh in your life? Both are present. Both are working. And here's what they do. Keep going. Verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to notice, number one, this is not an exhaustive list. Um, You shouldn't take this and think, okay, this is everything the flesh does. These are the kinds of things that the flesh leads people to do. But notice the biggest grouping right in the middle. Look back right at the top of your page here. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy. These are all relational things. Remember what he said at the beginning? The law is summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
one of the biggest things that the flesh does is mess up relationships. It leads us to selfishness. It leads us to those things where we want to fight with each other and demand our own way. It's part of what's going on in the Galatian church. And Paul is trying to say to them, rather serve one another humbly in love. Don't let the flesh win because you have the freedom to say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. And the spirit, on the other hand, is doing this. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And again, not an exhaustive list. Please don't think that the Spirit does nothing else. But these are things that, that Paul draws out for this Galatian congregation to say, when you are walking in the Spirit, these are the kinds of things the Spirit produces in you. This is what the Spirit wants to do in our lives. Instead of me demanding my way, the Spirit wants me to be gentle and kind. Instead of envying others, instead of my selfish ambitions or my jealousy, the Spirit wants to produce in me goodness and peace and love. And notice, and it's a little bit, it says in verse 19, the acts of the flesh, and that can be a little bit confusing because it almost sounds like it's what we are doing it's really what the flesh produces when we follow the flesh or what the Spirit produces, fruits, when we follow the Spirit. See, here's what Paul's not saying. Paul's not saying just dig deep down and get all of your willpower and go live a great life. Go be good. Paul is saying right now, the Spirit of God is actually moving you in a direction, but the flesh is fighting it. And since you have a freedom in Christ, you don't have to force yourself to be kind. You have to surrender yourself to the kindness the Spirit is already working in your life. You have to surrender yourself to the goodness that the Spirit wants in your life. Do you remember the image that you would see in various cartoons or you might see them in comic strips where you have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder and they're both like whispering in the ear and do this and do this? Hey, in a way, that's kind of the picture. The Holy Spirit is saying, no, come this way. And by the way, if you're in Christ, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever known the right thing to do? You wanted to do it, but you also wanted to do something else? That's exactly what Paul is talking about. That in you is the Spirit going, I want to treat this person kindly, but I'm also jealous of them. And so I'm going to be passive aggressive instead. What Paul is saying is surrender to what the Spirit is doing in faith to the kindness. Keep going in your text here. Verse 24, though, oh sorry, the end of verse 23, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's an assumption, brothers and sisters. The Spirit is in you. He is working in you. 
He is leading you already. You don't have to like force it. You have to surrender to it. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is an image I want to kind of leave you with that I think helps us figure out, but how do I walk with the Spirit? How do I surrender to the Spirit? I don't know if you remember when you learned to drive. I don't really. Um, It was a while ago. I don't really remember that whole process of learning to drive, but because I've spent the last nine months working with my daughter learning to drive, I have seen it again. And these are the things that stood out to me. When we first got in the car, and all we were doing, we were in a parking lot. All we were doing was just working on giving it gas and stopping. That's it. And do you know what happened? We jerked, and we slammed on the brake. And when we first started, we didn't even go anywhere because she wasn't giving it quite enough gas to even move the car. And you know what happens? Remember when you put it in drive and it actually starts to move on its own? And she's like, what's happening? Well, she got that down. But then we had to learn how to pull into a parking spot. You had to learn to turn the car. And how far does it turn? And, and then you just keep going. All the way to the point now where she's gotten so many things down. She's got a few struggles still. There's things where I'm sitting here in the passenger seat. Which is a really odd place to be. Um, I I do most of the driving in our family, and it's just odd to sit in the passenger seat. But when you sit there, you notice things that you don't notice when you're driving. And I would notice, like, how it would take her a moment to, like, see this or see that. Or I would say, hey, did you see the the speed limit sign? She's like, no, what? Because I've been doing it now for so many years that it's all second nature. Like, I take in so many things so quickly. It's not that I don't miss things. And, and, I mean, I miss things. And and when I do, my wife or somebody else sometimes lets me know, Ah! I mean, I miss something. I'm not a perfect driver. But I take in so many things so quickly. Why? Because in the beginning, I was really, really intentional. I set my mind to these things. I had to drive a little slower I had to make sure when I got in the car, all right, set the mirrors, okay, 10 and 2, all right, here we go. I mean, everything you're doing, you're like checking all the stuff. And then as you're taking off, you're going a little slower than you might normally go. I believe that learning to walk by the Spirit is about being intentional, right? That you accept, number one, the Spirit of God lives in you, Right? Number two, the Spirit of God is leading you. You need to believe that. He is leading you. Number three, you have the freedom to follow Him. But we have to learn to listen and to respond. And it may take time. No, it will take time. But the more that we intentionally go, all right, here's what I know. I know there are two forces at work in me. I know my flesh is still trying to drive me over here and the Spirit is trying to drive me this direction. I want to follow the Spirit of God. I want to keep in step with the Spirit of God. I am going to intentionally, in prayer, and with time, 
And when I get into moments where I have to make decisions, Lord, where do you want me to go? And I'm going to step out in faith. I'm surrendering to this. And we learn to keep in step with the Spirit. We have the freedom to do so. Now we're in a different age. Still not one I'm sure I want to be in. As you look out and you see all of the masks and you see everything that has happened with COVID, there's just so many things about today. There's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. But isn't that true in every age? You ever had those moments where you get a little nostalgic and you're like, if only I could go back to this. And then if you would think about what that actually meant, the fullness of it, you'd recognize, I'm not sure it's any better than where I'm at now. Because everything about this world reflects the fallen nature of sin. And all of the beauty and everything else we have, there is still fallenness. There's never going to be the perfect anything in this world at least until it's recreated and there's a new heavens and a new earth. However, the Spirit of God can help us live differently. The Spirit of God can help us live as if we're moving into the new age where there will be no more sin. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us, who leads us, who empowers us Lord, help us to learn to hear him and to follow as he leads, that we might keep in step with him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.